They chanted in the tongue of old Volantis. But Tyrion had heard the prayers enough to grasp the essence. Light our fire and protect us from the dark, blah, blah. Light our way and keep us toasty warm. The night is dark and full of tears. Save us from the scary things and blah, 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 some more. Hello, and welcome to 2C1C, a Game of Thrones living card game podcast founded in 2010 by myself, Will Lentz, Greg Atkinson, and Brad Zeiler. These days, my co-hosts may differ, but we're generally pulling from at least some familiar core of voices. Many thanks go out to Fantasy Flight Games, George R. Martin, Card Game DB, and Josh Woodward for the CC licensed music you're hearing now. This is Season 5. Dude, didn't we do that recently? I don't know, did we? I think so. Sounds awfully familiar. Oops. I didn't remember saying blah that many times, so I thought I had not. That might... I think that's what I remember. Either that or I just hear you saying blah, blah constantly. I mean, I do a lot. A a lot. Oh, well. Somebody can catch us if we did. So welcome. So, Here we are with yet another episode of 2C1C. Excuse uh, me, this is clearly an episode, not an episode. An you got to get it right. It's an is, episode. Is that because you are utilizing an app while recording the episode? Nope, that's because that's what John says at the beginning of every episode of Beyond the Wall. Like, you don't... If you're not a Thrones player, you'll never have to say the word Stalic. There's like 12 people who otherwise have to say that. My favorite episode of the TV show. It's a common word. Hey, you know, that's that sick Canadian accent. And they're on hiatus, so I can fuck with them all I want, and they can't call me out. (laughs) Oh, that's true. They are done for a while. I mean, you know that they can just come post in the comments, right? Yeah, but it's nowhere near the same. Okay. Well, uh, you know, (laughs) after that roundabout discussion, I guess I was going to say that we're up to episode 186 now. Woo! Yeah. Triple digits still just rolling right along. Um, and this week, of course, myself, Will, sometimes known as Kenan. I'm Aaron, sometimes known as Aaron, often known as Pulse Glazer. Good tag, bitches! Uh, I had forgotten that we discussed you doing that, Kyle. Complete- we did. Completely forgot about that. At, at Worlds, right? Yes. Yeah. We were going to change it up. And like Aaron said, with Stalic being the flavor of the month, figured we would go to good old Deutschland the next one. Yeah. You know, I, I think uh, I think that's good. We've historically had some, uh, some strong German listeners, and I'm certain uh, they will be very excited to hear their their uh, native tongue um, butchered and at high volumes. I was going to say horribly offended, but we can go with that too. Yeah. What are we talking about again? Okay, so this week, of course, we're going to open uh, with a little bit uh, on Stalic with uh, myself, Aaron, and uh, Tagore. Um, 
And then, you know, that talk kind of brings us around to kind of the, the card pool and the meta at large and how FAQs, restricted lists, things of that nature factor in. Listeners, uh, this week we have a, a gentleman you may have heard on the show before with us yet again, uh, joining us from across the pond, so to speak. We have a gentleman uh, alternatively known as Tom or Tagore to many listeners. Hi. Please stop calling him a gentleman. It just shows you haven't actually met him. Uh, touche, salesman. The human being. <laughs> I only got... Quickly, when you started insulting London. Oh, uh, I liked you. London's just kind of <laughs> early closey. Most eh. people, most respectable people in bed at 11 p.m. Anyway. Well, I don't like nice, respectable people. <laughs> so then you should love to gore them. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, so, yes. Let's moving stop on. But yeah, I was going to say, let's talk about why Tagore's joining us this week. Uh, turns out, after Worlds, there was another extremely large, and in fact, much larger, well, larger. Uh, it's debatable where much uh, is actually defined, but certainly larger uh, tournament over in uh, the hallowed halls of Stalic. Yeah, so Stalic this year was um, actually not that much bigger than last year, which, is, which was a surprise. Yeah, so I'll quickly just go on about the melee. Um, sure. So we have 128 players from melee, which is 126, sorry, which is awkward because it meant there were uh, not one, not two, but three three-player tables at the bottom oh, end. Oh, that's what <laughs> Yeah. Um, I think Starlight Melee is different from regular world melee in that it's compl- it, there's no Swiss pairs, so every table was um, was just random seeds. Well, so, I thought Worlds was supposed to be Swiss paired uh, as of a couple years ago at this point. Uh, but this year, as we kind of chatted about our records, of course, at the end of each game, so nobody gets ganged up on at the beginning, I was definitely at, at tables uh, with people of very varied records. So I'm uh, not sure they actually did it. Oh, okay. Well, it was definitely random at Starlick. Um so I played a, um, because I'm a very unoriginal person, a Lannister uh, Conclave deck that was built by James. Um, well, uh, if you remember what I played last year, I played a Martell Conclave deck, but that lost a couple of pieces to the restricted list, e.g. the Red Viper and to the Spears. So this year I played a Lannister Conclave deck. Um called There Are No Men Like the Conclave because it uses the Conclave and the card There Are No Men Like Me to give the Conclave a military icon and make it not kneel. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. It was actually quite a fun deck. I mean, well, I initially had doubts about the deck because it could its setups were very variable. It ranged from amazing seven-card slams to piddly two-card, you know, why the hell am I even playing this game kind of thing. So... We had four rounds uh, at Starlick. Um, I've 
I'm going to say I don't really remember most of the rounds. Uh, I do remember that my first round was relatively easy. I just held back a bit against a couple of other rush decks. Uh, everyone kept beating up on the rush play, uh, on the player who went ahead. And I just snuck away and stole the victory. Uh, a second round match was probably my, my, my most memorable round. Um, I was playing against a Martel nice control, uh, control deck in and a ooh, what was it? Hmm. I think it was a Barrow Rush and then Targ deck of some uh, some description. Um, and I kind of overextended. I managed to like get two combos out by turn two, which meant that one the Greyjoy played Ballard, and two everyone beat up on me and ganged up me for power. Uh, but then the Martel player started getting quite uh, quite far ahead. Um, he had the Viper, he had Darkstar, uh, a couple of other renowned dudes on the board. And so he ended up getting ganged up on. And because everyone knelt out to gang up on him, I managed to push through with my, with my third Conclave and steal a win. Which was quite cheeky and uh, quite funny of me. Um, third game was a complete disaster. Uh, I just couldn't get going. Um, and ended up getting farmed for power by everyone else because, oh yes, I was playing. Uh, I was playing the Power Behind the Throne agenda to get extra entry uh, extra entry challenges. So people kept punching me because you know it was a uh, it was going to be a great. I was going to a great way to farm extra power or get an extra card draw. So at this point, I had around thirty two points, and um, it was almost. The only way I was going to make the cut was if I won my last game. Uh, so I end up. So I went to my last table. I had a meta mate, uh, Rowan Gavin, on my left playing Baron Noble Cause, and then I looked in horror as I found two other Lanny players both playing Power Behind the Throne. Oh my! <laughs> Luckily for me, neither of them were playing a Conclave version. One of them was playing a Hyper New variant, and the other one was playing a Noble Rush variant. So this was so we quickly identified that the um, power behind the throne, uh, sorry, that the noble cause guy was a big threat, and it turns out that each of us had one copy of Jalabazo in our plot deck, in our in our draw decks. So there was always at least one Jalabazo on the table, which <laughs> basically completely shut down the Barrow players game, except for one turn where. Fortified position was out, and he did actually manage to get to 14 power. Um, wow. Yeah. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, he stalled out on 14 power, but everyone knelt out to stall him out. And, uh, yeah, hey, there's me at the end, and uh, I uh, managed to sneak a win again. So, yeah, I ended up in the cut at uh, 12th place. Um, I ended up playing three other players in the semi final. Um, so this were these were uh, Christian Jankowicz from Switzerland uh, playing Stark Siege Winterfell. Christopher, I don't remember his last name from Greyjoy playing uh, House of Dreams, um, Long Ship, ooh, it's, uh, Foam Drinker, and a Spanish player, I think it's Tiago, uh, running Targ Dothraki. So. I decided to play very conservatively this game because I was aware that I managed to sneak out wins for my for most of my other t uh, games, 
and I think that I couldn't pull the same shit that I did in the uh, Swiss in the cut. Um, so I just let, and the Foam Drinker deck was had just went off, and it had around ten warships out and naval escort. So nobody actually wanted to attack him, and he could just screw around with everyone else's challenge math. Um, it's quite funny. Uh, he and he managed to get to around ten, twelve power before the Stark Siege Blow shut him down. Uh, well, it slowed him down enough. Uh, we went into a plot phase uh, with the power totals at 12 for the Greyjoy player, 10 for the Star Siege player, and um, 6 for the Dothraki player, and 4 for me. And I basically turned to the turn to Chris and said, uh, well, to Swedish Chris, and said, I think you should Valar, because the Dark player has something like th- 4 renowned characters on the table, and two of those are big seven cost seven strength fleets, and I think that you can recover quite well from the. You might not be recover as well from the valet as other people can, but otherwise he's going to win. So he thinks about it for a moment, and then he he agrees. And Swiss Chris start, suddenly starts saying, "Oh no, I'll play for the position. I'll make your grand good brother, and I'll make sure that your naval escort, um, you know, doesn't survive the valet." I tell him that, you, and I tell him, oh, it's fine, you know, you won't lose that much. It's just one naval escort. Yeah, it turns out that everyone was lying. Um, <laughs> uh, I did play Cersei's scheme, as I said, uh, but Stark Chris didn't play for a fortified position. He actually played, uh, I don't remember what it was, but I think it, it I think it was, uh, oh, the Storm of Swords or something. Um, and the Greyjoy player actually revealed Rise of the Kraken. It was like, Oh shit! I I told him I know, you've lost this, you know, based on because he's going to be able to stop your rise of the Kraken turn, and it turns out he did. The uh, start the start. Chris um, was actually holding back two uh, orphan recruits in hand, which he used to steal um, the Greyjoy player's power and stall him out in fourteen <laughs> during a challenge phase, and then he won uh, during his own challenge phase. Um, yeah, but I ended up last at the table. Stark Chris ended up in the final, losing to uh, Jacob Holtman, who won with Target Knights of Hollow Hill. Um, but the final finished round three, so that was quite an insane melee final. Uh, yeah, it was a good melee. I enjoyed it. Um, I liked the deck way more than I thought I did, uh, way more than um, I thought I would. And uh, I'd be more than happy to play there no more like Conclave again. Um, I'll need James's permission to post a deck list, but James is generally okay with the deck list being posted anyway. Especially for melee. Yeah. For melee, it's often a lot. It's every bit as much the player it is as it is the deck. There's a very lot of good melee decks. Yeah. The other thing that was quite funny about my melee deck was I actually got in trouble for it because how so? I wrote a sixty. I wrote a deck list. I said it had sixty-three cards in it, but I only I only listed sixty cards. Um, it, luckily for me, it turns out that the three cards I forgot to list were on my restricted card, which um, I actually listed somewhere uh, elsewhere on the list, and the judges were able to imply that I was running three conclaves, rather than zero conclaves. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, I should have made you cut the conclave, that would have been hilarious. <laughs> right oh, the cut, no more conclave, good that, luck. That would have been great. <laughs> yeah. So... Uh-huh. Was that the biggest uh, hoopla to be had at, at the melee? So everything did everything else run pretty smoothly? Yeah, the melee ran pretty smoothly, except for the um, 
uh, I think there was some controversy at uh, the Jacob, um, Simon, Alex Trigg, and Tobias melee table because of a lot of, well, backstabbing, but it, nothing, you know, um, below, uh, everything was above board, and I think they all m- might still be on speaking terms, maybe. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> yeah, it was quite funny seeing all of them just try, seeing so many deals being broken. Uh, I mean, my, my game finished well before theirs did, um, so <laughs> we ended up crowding around to watch. Really good melee games can end friendships. And now we know the real reason why Ziggler hasn't been on the podcast. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, the melee ended at three. Um, I got a bit of sleep. So, yeah, just 207 people. Uh, I think it's actually slightly smaller than last year, which I believe around 210. Um... And I think that's a lot to do with the fact that there were very few Spanish players uh, who showed up. I think um, there were... I was talking to Raul the day before the the Joust, and he said only 20 of them showed up. Um, So, yeah, I played Stark No Agenda uh, with Mirror Reed as more restricted. I was initially going to play a... James's slash Alex Hines' slash... Um, vape had Todd Black Sales, but uh, I think after a bit of, well, after being convinced it was not a very not very good against Baron or Agenda, I decided to sw- swap to, to uh, Stark, which I felt had a much better match against Baron or Agenda. And obviously, I would face no Bearer decks all day, <laughs> um, despite. Bearer being around a quarter of the field, I ended up playing Targ, 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 like three Targ decks, a couple of Greyjoys, and yeah. So... Stark should be good against Greyjoy, at the very least. Well, I'll go through my games and I'll tell you how they went. So the first uh, round game was a very easy game against a Mr. Bai, um... (laughs) who somehow managed to go on to, to, to get like 40 points despite losing his game against me. Uh, so basically, this is the buy I got from winning the London Regional. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it was a nice, relaxing start to the day. Uh, I then proceeded to play against an Italian guy running a uh, Targ No Agenda deck. Um, I strongly suspected he was playing the Thraki. I think he did tell me he was playing the Thraki, but I thought he was playing mind games with me. Um, so I kind of decided not to flip Burning Bridges as my first turn plot. Basically, we both had de- had four card setups. He had no Dothraki characters on the board, so I wasn't 100% sure he was playing Dothraki. And I reached that against Targ, I'd rather keep Burning Bridges, which is my, like, secret anti-almost-everything plot. Um, to he hit, is quite good. To hit uh, Danny and stop her from, from killing uh, key characters. Um, instead of wasting it first turn, you know, that in a way that might hurt him, but probably won't hurt him as much as Stopping Danny. Well, it turns out he was playing Dothraki. Um, he started with a Vanguard, vomited out a Jogo, uh, duped the Jogo, uh, dropped a couple more Dothraki, and then a Daenerys. Like, oh shit. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I had a relatively slower start. He, his Danny didn't re- wasn't really killing anything because I had a Mace of Iman on the table, but 
the fact that he could push the intrigue through, then drop in Drogo, win the military, and draw three off Drogo, kind of, yeah, really stopped me from getting anything through. Yeah. In the end, while he basically just got an early lead, steamrolled over me, I didn't see my economy, and I, to be honest, I misplayed. Uh, I should have flipped Burning Bridges first round and slowed him down, and, uh. I don't think you misplayed. I think you actually made the probably the right decision because usually you can come back from that first turn unless he has the absolute perfect draw, and if he has perfect draw, you're just gonna lose. If you uh, use Burning Bridge as early and he doesn't have that, then he just does that second turn, and you haven't really stopped anything. And well, and he turns out he did have the perfect draw. He did have Danny, Drogo, and Jogo, and you know that's quite an advantage. That kill, that's a free dude. Um, he's also running. He turns out he's really long answers which he was able to get in quite early. Um, so yeah, that was painful. Um, what was the opener plot? 481? Uh, yeah, the 481. I don't think any target player opens with anything apart from the 481. <laughs> yeah, to, be, to be a dragon. Is, yeah. yeah. So my round three opponent was a Martel No Agenda Quentin deck. So this is a, re- a relatively new player from Germany. Um, who only started playing uh, around a few months ago, uh, at least around a year ago. Um, it's actually surprisingly close, given how new he was. Uh, and he got a very good start. He had a lot of renowned characters, and he <clears throat> put me under a lot of pressure. But, uh, yeah, Mira showed up um, without me having to summon her by from the Conclave. Uh, I was able to blanket him now, I was able to slow him down, chip away his hand. And build up my board. Um, I eventually, for, uh, he eventually was forced to Valar with two cards in hand, and the Minister's Muse I played that turn kind of sealed the deal. Round four was probably the most interesting game. Um, so this was against a Finnish player uh, running a Targ Conquest Lanny deck. I had absolutely no idea what, what it was going to do running into it, and he sets up a Lanny Iron Throne, a random, a random Lanny Chud. And Tywin's favor attached to that random line each had. So I was like, what the hell is this deck trying to do? Um, it turns out that, oh, and he then opens it much and more, much and more uh, pre-plot. So I was completely confused at what he's trying to do. I, by, at this point, I saw the unit's intentions. I kind of figured he's probably trying to build some sort of super character. Um, and he flips the 401. The, um, the Rainbow Straits plot. He has eight gold. He then discards the character that his Tywin's favorite attached on to get four more gold. Plays another character. Plays another Tywin's favor. Discards that and has 16 gold for marshalling on turn one. <laughs> and, yeah. And he drops a Beric. And it's like, oh, this is one of those decks. Uh, this is a Beric. This is a, the famed Starlick Hyperberic Tower deck. Um, so. Beric, he has intentions on Beric. The Asher Greyjoy that cannot be killed if you have more power in his house than on your house than you. Um, Widow's Will on Asher, and I was like, oh shit, this is a going to be a crazy infamy deck where I will not be able to steal any power from him. Um, well, sure you can. You're playing Stark. Yes, that's the thing. I <laughs> I didn't I didn't have any of my early blanking tools, uh, turn one. So he was able to get to, like, five, six power. Turn two, he flips into um, many pa- into Prince that was promised with around four attachments that stuck on Beric. 
I managed to top deck into a mirror, which was lucky. But then I was forced to use a mirror to one blank the infamy and then blank Beric because I was otherwise scared he'd actually be able to close that turn. Or at least get so close to closing this turn that he would close next turn. So next turn he was able to Valar, keep his Ash on the board, keep his Beric on the board. And I lost Mira and a bunch of other dudes. And then, obviously, I draw no quarter. Uh, so, you know, after that, Valor went off. I had absolutely no chance, and it was just a delaying game until he won. Uh, so, yeah, I was on 2-2 two, two after round 2, after round 4. Um, funnily enough, that was Elvala's record as well. So, the world, I, was on, I had the same record as a world champ. So, that made me feel slightly better about being 2-2. Two and two. Uh, all I needed to do to make the cut was win four games in a row. <laughs> all right. So, uh, next game is against a player paying target Edge Iron Throne. This was a, the, this is similar to, uh, Philippe Pequin's, uh, Canadian Nationals winning deck that eschewed the military icon in favor of doing lots of intrigue and extra power. Um, so this was, this version was running Horse Lord as its main, like, way of pushing power through. It had Cal to give it deadly and you know, make it very, very unprofitable to defend. And it nearly rushed me out. The Targar, the um, neutral Iron Throne was really annoying and I kept forgetting about it. Uh, in the end, I actually had to... Uh, and he got up to 14 power, but I was able to stall him out by throwing a Catelyn, uh, Caitlyn Stark in the way, blanking his dude with uh, a frozen moat, Using the Caitlyn, uh, using Caitlyn Stark leave, uh, leaving play by dying to drop Mirror back in the shadows, and bring Mirror back out to blank his Iron Throne and blank the dude, and I was able to put, hold off the other three challenges, uh, the other power challenges he was able, to, he was going to throw at me that turn, um, and then I won with Mister's Muse. Very nice. That deck almost yeah. beat me at Worlds too. Pretty much sounds like almost the exact same deck someone was playing it against me, and I barely eat through with Siege. Just so much power so fast. Oh yeah, the the fact that you know you, it's usually getting unopposed stuff against you because of the uh, the the, the horse lord is mm-hmm. pretty insane. So the more power you get, the more you you power it's rush. Uh, my sixth round game was against a Martel Summer deck um, piloted by Rowan, the guy who was playing very noble cause in my last uh, Swiss table for the melee. Um, I'm playing Starting Agenda, so it has a very, very small incidental winter splash that's only in there to make Mira better, um, rather than for its own reasons. And he, and it, and it basically, I, I basically just use it as a very, very, very cheeky tool to slow him to just, you know, deny his draws. Um, second turn, he, I summon from my Winter Ray, I, I summon for another copy of the Winter Raven. To try to, um, yeah, and then I play it to get rid of his summer raven and try to choke his draw. And he do, he and the and that carrion bird that he had on the table from turn one is still on the table. So he attacks me, militaries me, wins the military, and I ask triggers. He thinks about it for a moment and he says no triggers. And then I just like my face is completely blank at this point because I'm trying to hide the fact that he had that yeah you know, <laughs> I have a white raven on my house card. And he says, no triggers, like, and I breathe a sigh of relief. And then he does an intrigue, and then, it, and then I bring Mira out to blank some stuff, and it's like, oh shit, I didn't take out the winter. It's like, no. 
Sorry. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yeah. So he. Uh, so that was basically it for him. Seventh round was against the German national champion Ben Hacklander. So this was the round game I was sort of. Yeah, he's good. Um, I was sort of looking forward to the game, but it turned out to be a not game. I mulliganed a three card deck, a uh, three card setup into a three card setup with no resources. Ooh. Yeah. Well, what was he playing? Uh, huh? What was he playing? He was playing Greyjoy, uh, no agenda, which I took to mean Greyjoy, um, winter with Marauder, and, and, uh, yeah, so I set up, um, nothing. I managed to draw into one Winter King's Road, which he, uh, which, which I immediately played, and he promptly discarded with a newly made Lord. Second turn, he searched and attends my very expensive Jamie back to my hand, and he drops a Jackin on his turn. And he used the Jackin, he just kept the scoring power, he attached, uh, Captain Iron Fleet on Jackin, and just discarded one power to make him vigilant, get three unopposed challenges with uh, Jackin. And, uh, yeah, that was about it, really. Uh, but, you know, the Jackin closed the game um, huh. really quickly. And, uh, yeah, so that was game. Uh, I got choked out. Um, and bearing in mind, this is a 62-card deck with 13 resource locations. Yeah, he went on to make top 32. He, um, it was a... It, well, it was a deck that uh, I'd actually like to have another go at playing again, to be honest, and to see what my deck could do if uh, it hadn't decided to crap out on me. And um, my last matchup was against a Greyjoy House of Dreams LRV2. So he managed to fear winter turn one. Um, he killed Brienne, because that was the only person I had in the t- I, I set up Brienne, and I had nothing else on the table. Um during his fear of winter turn, and but luckily enough, he wasn't able to draw intrigue icons, so his um, so he so he only really got you know Brienne off the table and some and some unopposed power um, because I on the second turn he flips in the focus defense, and I basically say, okay, I'm gonna hope like hell you haven't drawn an intrigue icon yet. I'm just gonna play out all my locations. So he draws up. He drops characters on the table. And he doesn't have an intrigue icon, so his focus defense turn is completely wasted because he can't. Because I have no characters on the table for him to military. I have one power on the table for him to steal with power with his power, and he has no intrigue icon to wreck my hand. So wow. yeah, I, I, I yeah. So I start turn three with no power on the ta- with uh, no characters on the table. He's got a crap ton of stuff on his side, but I also have like six, uh, like you know three resource locations um and then I just splurged I just dropped all my all, all the dudes I could find I, I had my t- on my hand like Ruth Bolton that kind of thing well Ruth Bolton a couple of weenies Hodor no not Hodor no, no um a refugee or two and yeah we actually had a fairly decent game I had I had accumulated around 10 power simply from his repeated uses of LIV2 Oh jeez! And I was able to um, flip into Minstrel's Muse when he, uh, when he played Rise of the Kraken. I was able to hold off his Rise of the Kraken, and then win the game off Dominance from Minstrel's Muse again. I think you can probably tell from games that my all-star card of the deck was Minstrel's Muse. Yeah, I finished five three, um, which was not enough to make the cut. Uh, it would have been enough to make the cut if I had three mod losses and five four wins, but. 
I didn't. I had five full wins and three full losses. This is, yeah, it was disappointing to me because last year I did manage to um, make the cut and top eight. It sucks that I didn't make the cut, but uh, I had fun in the eight games I had, except for the games where I got choked out. <laughs> uh, yeah. Coincidentally, this is the third year in a row that I finished at Starlake with the same record as Alvaro. So in wow, wow. 2012, we both finished 3-3. In last year, we both finished top eight, and this year, we both finished 5-3. He should come to Worlds. Maybe you'll have his luck there. His luck there. Yeah. Um, so I, because I was uh, eliminated at, um, before the cut, and I had volunteered with Wolfgang to judge, I ended up being the presiding judge for the entire top 32 of Starlink. Um, so oh. First, yeah, How did you get bumped was, to presiding? Well, basically, um, the person who was supposed to do it was uh, Chris Jankiewicz, but he... W- was my opponent in the melee yesterday and had stayed up till 3 a.m. So at this point, after staying up to 3 on the previous night, um, playing eight rounds of Swiss, he was kind of not in a good state. <laughs> <laughs> so he asked someone, so he asked me to take over for two rounds uh, while he recovered. It turns out he, I think he just felt a bit too tired after that, and I ended up covering the entire um, cut. So the cut was to top 32. Uh, Normally for the cut, um, I'd use uh, Alex Hines's lovely uh, Annals of the Castle Black thing to do the pairing, but we didn't have internet access that was reliable, so I ended up doing the entire, uh, all the pairings by hand. And Fun. I, <laughs> yeah, I actually somehow managed to recreate an, a, a a perfectly accurate top thirty-two bracket um, by hand with where you know where. First is pair with thirty second, etc. And I managed to do it in such a way that the that when I recreated it in the annals around a week later, the um, pairings actually matched what they were supposed to be. Yeah, so there's some really interesting uh, players in the top thirty two. I think uh, everyone knows James Walmsley. He's playing the um, the target black sales that was built with Alex Hines and uh, uh, Vapad. Um, there was also people like uh, Tarkin, who beat me last year, <laughs> and was the European overall j- uh, jazz champion. Uh, there's Alex Trigg, the crazy, crazy, crazy deck builder from Munich, who, um, well, is pretty infamous uh, for being very good at Thrones. <laughs> um and yeah, two of my opponents ended up making the cut. So uh, Ben Hacklender, who was my opponent in round seven, with his Grey No Agenda, and uh, the Finnish guy, Judas. Oh, I can't. I definitely am going to butcher his last name here. Bella, playing the Beric deck. Uh, Laplant. Um, yeah, we had a bit of trouble with, de- with the cut because we had a couple of deck lists with some really, really odd um, errors. Uh, I'm not going to go into them, but. You know, it took us a quite a while to resolve. So, the cut started around two hours after it was supposed to. Jeez. <laughs> uh, oh, they started at around ten thirty p.m. And given the schedule this year was to try to finish just so the cut in one day, they would go on to around four thirty, no five thirty in the morning. Yeah, and the cut was fairly uh, uneventful. Uh, there was no really contentious judge rulings. Um, we tried to have a judge at every table, 
especially as the rounds went on. But we also had... So it was basically me, Kudzalin, uh, Wedge from the UK, and uh, either Helmut or a Hungarian judge called Michael uh, watching at tables. Um, I know FFG's rules said that judges should try to not main, shouldn't try to get involved in this place, try to get them involved. Um, but I, I did actually instruct all the judges to try to maintain game state because there were incidents uh, in the Swiss where a player played a card that was already killed, and they had to, there was a five-minute argument between four judges about how to resolve the situation. And I definitely did not want to be getting into that kind of argument, um, you know, at 3 a.m. in the morning. Well, and if you've got spare judges, you know, to be at tables like that, you know, FFG at Worlds generally just has one or two judges total around. Yeah. Three. Three? Nate and uh, who else was judging it this year? Uh, Damon and someone else whose name escapes. Was Damon actually on Thrones? Okay. I don't know if he was technically on Thrones, but I remember him coming over and giving a few rulings. So. Okay. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, so after like five hours of um, the cut, we ended up with uh, Don Van Beek from the Netherlands winning the Swiss uh, with a very no agenda deck running Val's restricted card. Um, I mean, it was a interesting final because at the end of at the end of it uh, his opponent revealed that he, he was also playing Barano Agenda revealed that he had mulliganed a three card flop that was two Mel's favors a seat of power a Aegon's Garden I think it was a Nightmares I'm not sure what that what, the, what, the, what that card was but also a Val and Laughing Storm uh, <laughs> into his deck because he thought he could get a slightly better flop and I think his meta mate, who was sitting next to him, was typing furiously onto uh, the French forum. What the hell is he doing? What? what? There's a Valon laughing storm and resources. What? And three and two more slaves. What? What is he doing? I'm so confused. What's going on? Um, yeah, uh, it was still, very, despite uh, that kind of thing, it was still very close. Don only managed to squeak out a win because he discarded the Mel's favor from uh, Thomas's hand. On a one in three entry challenge, um, that's that's reasonable odds. Yeah, uh, and yeah, so we have a new Stalic champion for who's only started playing around six months ago. I think. I think. It, wow. His Seven. First, yeah. Yeah. His first um, actual, his first real big throne tournament was uh, Blackwater Bay, which you know it I was ran. <laughs> um, and yeah. Uh, so the prize support for Joust was basically just a bunch of playmats and a few uh, what you call it, a few bags for the top four. Um, it was I think this year it was a uh, for the Joust it was an art of the knights charging um, the Tyrell knights charging from the board game. That's, hmm. Yeah, so I, I really love that art and overall uh, I really like Salik. Uh I'd love to be there again next year, but I'm not sure my schedule will permit it. I'm not sure I agree with the uh, what's it, the one day cut the or one day you know cut and Swiss round because that was basically an 18 hour tournament and uh, day. yeah I mean people are very mixed about that I, 
people like Helmut and Alex Trigg seem to really like it. Uh, James is very neutral. It seems a bit neutral on it. I dislike it, but I can be convinced um, otherwise. Well, I think that melee going till so late really makes it not the best idea yeah. more than anything else. Like if you could just start bright and early for one day, you know, it could be yeah. a lot better. So, and it, I mean, it seems like that happens with melee in general. It happened there at Stalic, uh, at Worlds. It wasn't quite till three a.m., but it was still. Uh, what af- after one uh, for us in the states? I'm pretty sure it's run till past midnight uh, at Gen Con Worlds in the past as well. Mm. Yeah, I think oh. it, yeah, it really affected people who did bomb the melee. So I think only one person, from the, one person from the final table of the melee made the cut in the joust, and I think only three people overall from the melee cut were also in the joust cut. Wow! So it was yeah. So it was quite difficult um, uh, to maintain concentration. So, so a lot of very good players who I thought were shoe into the cut um, didn't make. So Jacob Holtman, who ended up willing, winning the melee, uh, did very well at the start of his of his joust round. But then a couple, I think the fatigue just caught up with him, and he dropped the cut. Um, I think three games at the end, which kind of hurt. You know what he was playing? He was playing a Barra Maester's Path deck. Really? That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's, one of my, it's my favorite Maester's deck. Well, I think it's a very good Maester's deck now because you can use the Bond Link to fetch up um, Mel's favorite. Oh, yeah. Well, not only Mel's favorite, and then you get the burn attachment, too. Those are really good uh, combos. Oh, yeah. It's a pretty nasty deck. Yeah. Um, it's, it's absolutely my favorite of the uh, of the Maester's decks, although it'll take a hit when Mel's favorite is restricted, as it almost certainly will be. Something needs to happen to it for sure. They're not arrowing it. <laughs> Just stop. <laughs> the other reason I decided to, well, I mean, the other thing I have against that Baradek is quite wide amount of arms, which I think is a really ridiculous good card. Yeah, I mean, it, no, the problem isn't the challenges you're sending against it because yeah, you can stealth it. The problem is the challenges it's doing against you because force for you know. Four strength deadly is not something you can really just shrug off as anyone, and especially when they have unopposed mel on the table. You know, four strength deadly is going to hurt. I don't think it breaks anything. I think it's a very good combo, but I don't. Th- I think almost every house has at least something that quality that it can do with unrestricted qu- with unrestricted cards. Mm, the point of the point of mana arms is it's such a good aggro card. It's such a good rush card because it's very hard for a lot of houses to deal with. And there's so many little combos with it that just make it really, really funny, uh, stupidly good. Like Smuggler's Cove plus Bright White Mana Arms. I mean, six strength, non kneeling, uh, stealthy, deadly dude, which. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good. Pretty good. Um, and it's, you know, it's. It can definitely take over a challenge phase. But yeah. a Viper going first with Lost Oasis, you know what I mean? Like. A Danny with a long lan- with a ambush long lances. Every almost every house has, or a Brienne with a no quarter, with any yeah. kind of stealth. Like every house yeah. has something of that quality it can do. One thing I definitely noticed about the Baradex, um that were at the very top was they were all running one copy of Bitterbridge. Mm. It's got great value out of house. What Bitterbridge? Yeah, yeah. It's just good. It's just. I think it's just key now because it just stops Danny, really. <laughs> right. It, it's not just Danny. Like, um, 
it more or less neuters a Castellan, unless you're, like, not planning on using any reducers or anything. It's mm. got a lot of really key cards that are shut down. Um, it can be used... It, Mirror can't target it, so it can be used to keep her in play, mm. which is huge. Yeah, if you fear long lance shenanigans in the, the challenge phase, you could uh, lock one of them down for a round. Yep, I faced mm. it twice uh, yesterday, and it beat me once, so... Mm. That would be at uh, Black Friday or Red Saturday, the Bjork tournament. One time, hit the table turn one completely out of house and just shut me down. Hmm. Wow. No answers. Uh, plot or event to get rid of since uh, since characters won't do it, even newly made lord. Attachments can do it. Frozen solid. That's true. Attachments can do uh, it. Frozen solid's always great. Anyway, so overall, I, well, I think I probably said this already, but I enjoyed Dalek. Uh, Sunday did you, was... Did you play in the team event? No, I... One, wasn't actually the third top British player. That went to uh, Reese Kennedy. So it was uh, James, Reese, and Wedge? Yeah. And two, I was too tired. And two, I wanted to play friendly pickup games against uh, all sorts of people. Um, what, so props and slops, or you mean... I mean, did you have a, a particular prop or slop you want to you wanna yeah, throw out a, there? Got a couple of props and slops. Uh, okay. Props to Wolfgang for uh, organizing Starlight again. Um, I mean, it's a great tournament, um, and it was good fun, and I look forward to it again next year. Um, props to Helmut, Alex Trigg, Tarkin, uh... You know, all the sorts of uh, Tarkin, um, Christian, Florian, all those people I've, that I meet at Starlink every year and I, you know, get to, well, hang out with and, you know, drink Pepsi with because I, you know, really can't handle my alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> um, props to the artists who made it this year, especially uh, Magali Villeneuve and Alexandre De Inch. Uh, I got a lot of my cards signed by them. I think I must have got like, a, um, like 40-ish. Which is, I felt a bit awkward after that, but, uh, I got, um, I got my playmat signed by them. Um, yeah, they're, they're, they're really nice people. Uh, I brought a lot of prints uh, from them, and, uh, I look forward to seeing more of their work for, um, Thrones V2. Um, slops to British Airways, because, yeah, seriously, 150 quid for a round trip from London to Frankfurt. Seriously, British Airways. <laughs> um, Slops to Deutsche Bahn because the trends were a bit slow. Um, and slops to myself for not making the cut in the joust. And slops to myself for losing cards. <laughs> Fair uh, enough. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and slops to anyone who beat me because, you know, you're dicks. <laughs> there you go. That That's just kind of a standing slop every time, I assume. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Right. Well, thanks, yeah, thanks for joining us, uh, Tagore, and uh, hopefully everybody enjoyed this segment and, and a little look at things over in Stalic. Yeah, thanks for having me. Now, you know, we've we've had Worlds, we've had Stalic, we've had Red Saturday. Um, you know, kind of wanted just to discuss, follow up, if people feel there should be any further tweaks made. Um, and one thing I kind of wanted to throw out there that we were talking about a little bit before uh, actually starting the recording this week 
is that, you, you know, we didn't have an FAQ in between Worlds and Store Championships last year, but I think that would be a really nice move for FFG. I think I would like to really see them be on top of things, uh, show that they're they're paying attention, get stuff pushed out on time here during the last year of uh, first edition. Just, you know, I, I think that extra care and, and attention would really help smooth over that transition. Even more than that, like, we haven't had a chapter pack in, like, six months now. Well, That's what I was five months. About. It's been forever. So shake up the meta, like, make things change. One chapter pack, by the, or maybe two, by the time Sword Championships come out, isn't enough of a change from the, like, ridiculously long amount of time we've already had with this uh, current meta. Yep. Because you can't even say that it really changed from Gen Con on. I mean, really, the Gen Con meta is the same meta we have today. Yeah, we have one pack and a very minor FAQ. Now, granted, the changes that I was looking at are also fairly minor, but uh, I think overall I'm pretty happy with, with where things are. Well, I agree. What are we looking at? Oh, you want me to, to go ahead with uh, with my stuff here? Yours are probably the most boring, so it seems... Oh, like yeah, totally. Okay, well, uh, I, I kind of looked at this as, as kind of a more global-level uh, ban restrictor, leave it the hell alone, and I'm going to go ahead and save the listeners a whole lot of time. Uh, I'm going to be leaving the hell alone most of the game. Well, yeah, no one's going to be like, let's restrict House Greyjoy. Well, I, I mean, that's been argued for Martell before. Uh, yes, yeah, it's really not necessary since they're the weakest house right now. Yeah, not not on my list. Actually, uh, I want to want to do something to boost them a little bit. But uh, so I'm gonna, I'm going to throw what is likely to be my uh, second most controversial out first. I'll work my way down the list uh, as I have it written down, and that's going to be that I would like to see Arata on Mel's favor. Disagree. Yeah, I knew that was already going to be a uh, downside with you, uh, and I know a few other uh, prominent uh, voices in the community. But I would really like to see it be changed uh, so that characters without power uh, are the only ones that can be taken. So it so it basically would say play on a character without power because that would uh, I think alleviate a lot of the pressure that it generates in melee. Uh, in kind of a, uh, I don't know, just a warping way, uh, even with the restriction, um, and would free up the the ability to more realistically play uber character decks like, say, uh, barrack decks. You know, cause I'd say if it just said, like, no attachments, like, leave the threat of the power swing on there, but you're going to try and suit something up and it is your whole game plan... Like, it opens those kind of janky things up. Which I feel like is where Melee's... Like, I feel like Melee's a good place for that kind of stuff to live. So I'd rather be... I agree, I'm looking at the Narada, but I wish it was with attachments instead of with power. Maybe. I I do like that that would push attachments, but I'm just... I'm really wary of anything that has the potential to read, pay three gold, win the game. Like, just... Well, if we're going to, like... If we're that worried about it for melee, because that's not how it's being abused in Joust, and that won't really affect um, the way it's being used in Joust, except to make the Viper more powerful again, which no one really needs. But beyond that, like it's not affecting Joust as much as we'd really need it to. 
Um, I say restricted, and Justin, if you need to route it in melee, and Lord knows I don't care what you do to it in melee, <laughs> but if you need to route it, just make it, just give it the old way treatment. Oh, make it joust only. Yeah, just be like, hey, joust only restricted. Like, that I- that's honestly not not a bad idea there either. I mean, joust it's abusive because it's being used constantly with Iron Hall. Yeah, and that it takes your best character, kills it, and then moves on. But I don't know. There's nothing really. For that, except restrict it and make it an actual choice, to separate it a bit from uh, the draw, like Rivers for the Dark Wings and uh, whatchamacallit, Val for the normal No Agenda version, separate it from those two and make them, you know, work if they want that combo. Yeah. I mean, which sends me, I suppose, on to my next item, which would be for that Joust restricted list. Um, and the only thing I had as on. And it, it's on with a question mark, because I'm, I'm not a hundred percent on it right now. But that's, that's dark wings, dark words. Like I said, not a hundred percent, but it, it kind of bears watching and, and, uh, definitely. It's fine, shut up. No, I'm, <laughs> I was I want just it to go. definitely hearing a lot about it with rivers, so. Uh, yeah, I want it, I don't think it needs to be restricted, because I don't think, um, I don't think it's necessarily overpowered with any restricted card. Like, a Dark Wings deck doesn't need any restricted card but Mummers. It can run another restricted card, and another restricted card can help, but given the size of the deck and everything else, Rivers does too much to smooth out the inherent disadvantage of what that deck was meant to be. Um, it's good in every house, it's good in every house with Rivers. I just, I don't like the combo, I don't really need it to exist. <sighs> Alright, I'm going to throw my one uh, one suggestion in. I like the, that's not true. The only thing I want to see go on is I want to just ban crossing. Okay, that's not on as far as the restricted list goes, but whatever. Yeah. Yet yeah, no, if they banned crossing, then fuck it. I don't need like. Well, yeah. Half, that's... half my problems with the game go away. Like if yeah. I could un- if I can unprint one card in the game, I've said this a million times now, but if I could unprint one card in the game that they've made, it would be crossing. Totally. Like, just get rid of it. Like, pop the meta. You want to, like, refreshen things up or make the last year exciting, just ban that card. Or, like, do something silly, like, make it neutral only. Oh, wow. Neutral only. A neutral TLV with Rivers. I don't want this world. Uh, I actually played against a neutral uh, TLV with Rivers in my first round at Worlds. Yeah, I remember. But yeah. wasn't that, like, refugee-heavy? weirdness. Well, yeah, so you could also draw off of uh, Hollow Hill. It was really solid deck. Uh, um, if they ban Mummers, then take everything else like away, and I'm happy with the meta. But if Mummers exist, then I think Darkwing should probably get restricted. I don't think it's broken. I don't think it's abusive. I think I think it's ability, or it was built with a bit of instability in mind, given how many events you have to run for that draw. And Rivers takes that instability away almost completely and just makes it a pure benefit. Fair enough. Do you guys have anything else you uh, wanted to throw in the on pile? Or shall we keep moving on to uh, to the off column? I've got, I've got one I definitely want on. I'm ready for Daenerys to go away for a while. Yeah, either like an... I'd rather probably see an errata, but something needs to happen there. Not Wait, like what other errata? No, I don't want Arata. Like, there's enough Arata in the game. Just, if you separate her from Long Lances, like, you need a lot more work to get her standing and being such a pain in the ass. Um, and she's just three of in every Targ deck. At least make that a discussion. Yeah, she is way, way up there on that power curve. 
I'm not sure I see much else elegant uh, to to do with her if, if something needs to be done at this point. You know, the the house target only um, eh, reined in her her abilities some, just because we're not seeing her as much in, or sorry, at all in other decks. But yeah, she's such a no-brainer in Targ. I mean, I like you build Targ decks around her. It almost doesn't matter what the Targ deck is. Um, I've got three more that are. I want something to come on, so something else specific can come off. Hmm. I want Harry on and Castellan freed for the last little bit of the game. Interesting. How come uh, there? It weakens Neil. Um, I feel like choosing between Harry and Pentoshi and such is a much closer call than Castellan and Pentoshi. Uh, the tunnels type decks are still going to be choosing. Like I don't even know if they run Castellan because they have. Um, Excuse me, because they have the uh, stupid Alchemist Guildhall to deal with too. Then yeah. that gives that some I mean, more deck I've been cards. Running Guildhall in that night stack, oh, and it's a boost to the world's, and it's a big boost to the world's deck. Assuming since I really want Dark Wings restricted, they would get Castlin as sort of a repeatable event. They'd lose Harry, but they'd still have Dark Wings. And this way, but the, since they're losing Rivers, everything else should even out. Like, it should still be a powerful deck. I don't want to neuter the deck. I just don't want it to just be Rivers and Autoplay. Yeah, you know, but if Harry's going to go back on, I would really rather see the Refugees back on, because I just frankly hate the Refugees more and more as the game goes on. And Harry is one of the few things that uh, penalizes Refugees. Well, if Castling comes off, they'll be everywhere, and... That means more dissension, which means more refugee hate anyway, except in multiple houses, not just Lenny. Mm, possibly. It's not like we're hurting that much for solid dissension targets at the moment, you know, what with the yeah. refugees. And Pyat Pri seeing a huge resurgence uh, alongside Danny. Yeah, um, I mean, every house has at least a couple good allies, right? Yeah. Besides Greyjoy, but you know what yeah, about. They run, But they run the refugees. Yeah. And we'll cancel your crap anyway. But. Yeah, so I'm not sure adding one ally back really is going to push Dissension into big playability again. I think I still think it has fairly big playability. Just because it's not being played doesn't mean it's not playable. Well, yeah, there's a lot of cards in that category. Um, all right, I still want my Stark change. Like, I would like Mira off and, like, three other Stark cards on just to vary the meta so that we'd actually get some different goddamn Stark builds instead of the same shit over and over. Yeah, but I I listen to this. Like I just feel like if you had like flank, I don't know, at, figuring out which three cards is always a huge pain in the ass. But like if you had like flank Damon and Sir Kyle on there or something, then you would have like different kinds of Stark builds instead of just it being like Stark. Hmm. Well, I'm probably going to choose Mira, which means I'm going to end up choosing Winter, and then you get the same no agenda build over and over. Like, just something to shake that up so that we actually get different Stark builds again. I miss other Stark decks. Yeah, I'm not really sure about those choices. I honestly... Those were bad choices. They were kind, the top. kind of think I would rather just see Flank on along with Mira so there's kind of a choice between this more no aggro-y leaning thing or uh, toolbox leaning. No, no, there's no choice. If you if you put Flank on with Mira, only bad players play Flank. <laughs> That's it. Like, there's no other choice. There's too much no agenda. There's 
like if you're going to choose flank, you're going to end up needing card advantage, and then you're going to end up choosing a plot anyway. You can't just put flank on with mirror. You have that's why I want mirror off because like if you any one card or mirror, unless it's a plot, almost always ends up being mirror. Just goes to show, Mira is maybe above Barker. Maybe she should just get Narada instead. Uh, I mean, if we're banning cards. I'm a little like, loath to ban a champ card. Yeah, I know, but whatever. Last year of the game, no one cares. Like, he doesn't even play anymore. Oh, <laughs> uh, just like ban Mira, ban Viper, ban Danny, and ban uh, Mummers for the last year of the game. See what happens. Uh, that would shake things up uh, a bit. They're not, ban- they're not banning a thing. No. Probably not. And I either want Heron Hall on, or I want the Red Keep off. Yeah, I've been back and forth about whether Heron Hall ah! should go on. In the end, I wound up voting for Red Keep off. I actually had on my list. Yes, definitely. I'm fine with that. Like, it just opens up builds I want to play again if I have the Red Keep back. Um, if if Heron Hall stays off, I probably want Wedgemacola back to um, Prince's Plans freed also. Yeah, actually, that was also on my list. Though I had a uh, slash here that if people were too much against Prince's Plans, which I think with, with Heron Hall around uh, and with the infinite uh, stuff fixed through multiple ways now, um, I think... I would be okay with Prince's Plans, but if people uh, are still against that, I could see subbing in Game of Savas instead. Yeah. I'd really prefer Prince's Plans to Savas. I mean, Savas can totally come off. Martel's not in the best place. I mean, they're not terrible, but they're not in the best place. I've got very little problem with Savas and Prince's Plans coming off, but I can see why uh, people wouldn't be excited for the last year of the game with having Martel control everywhere again. Yeah. But again, if you have Harrenhal, like, just free some of these restricted events. Yeah, I, I really agree with uh, with some of the event stuff, and I kind of kind of debated about whether anything else uh, should should come off in the event category, um, like potentially Hatchlings Feast. But uh, boy, in the end, I decided against it. Though if if Danny went on, I could maybe see uh, see myself being talked into it. I would love, and I would end up spending the next year playing Targ if Feast came off. But, I mean, Feast gives you almost too many pieces of that uh, that House of Pain-style deck back. Like, don't yeah. forget that Feast is just a giant draw engine, too, if you've got Meiji Crone. All right, in that case, I'm just going to stick with voting for Prince's Plans. Yep. I want Prince's Plans and Savas, but I like Martel Control. For people that don't, Prince's Plans alone should do. I just don't like that Savas is basically soft-banned. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> agreed with that. Oh, I have one more that I have a question about being on. I'm sorry. I don't think I want it on, but how about Aftermath? Yeah, you know, I really thought about that, too, and thought about that actually uh, a- as an alternative to something like Danny when I was kind of uh, thinking about the Danny and, and Piapri and so on and so forth conundrum. Um, gosh. But resets uh, are kind of a tricky one there. You you would really wind up with a bunch of people saying, you know, why not Valor? Yeah, we don't really need to deal with that for the very end of the game. That's an experiment, not for, you know? You don't want a totally different game for the last year that defeats the whole purpose of, like, it being the end. But, I don't know, I, you can run, like, like in my Targ Hollow Hill that I ran this weekend, I was running four plot resets. That's a little excessive. Uh, well, 
Maybe that was a construction issue? Well, it was on purpose, and it kicked ass. But, oh, okay. Well, it kicked ass of everything but Greyjoy. But, yeah. It's, um, that you can run just, like, you can casually run four plot resets in a deck and just be like, that's what I do now. It's, like, it's, I guess that's part of the reason that so much control is still, uh, kept under control with the restricted list, because four resets plus a bunch of control, and, and you can run bleeds unrestricted, that's a lot of tools. Wait, do you have nothing else you want off? I have one other card I want off. No, actually, uh, I had nothing else. Well, I guess it's technically three cards. I would like the Furies off. Just release the last three at this point. They're powerful. They'll go in a bunch of decks, yes. But anything that lowers the frequency of Mummers, I'm not entirely against. Yeah, that is a good point. They're they're fighting against uh, these big uh, kind of plot cycles. Definitely rivers, cities still going strong. And we're about to get uh, another cycle dumped on us with the, the castles. Um, so having some strong standalone plots like that fighting for slots is probably a good thing. Yeah, I, I'd like to see those. And oh, and if they don't, like, please don't free Bungled. Freeing Bungled would be absolutely terrible. Yeah, I, I was not looking at that one at all. <laughs> yeah. Someone said it the other day, and I was like, uh, let's not. I don't really want to deal with that world right now. Not that I wouldn't run the shit out of it, but, you know. Yeah. If I'd like it too much as a control player, I figure it's probably a bad idea. Yeah, probably so. And, you know, you got to be careful. You don't want to give Greg too many uh, pieces back for some sort of characterless monstrosity. Yeah, right. Rainy's Hill recursion. Yep. What do you have for Melee? Well, for Melee, I really just have uh, two things going on. Nothing at all coming off. It's still a fairly small list, comparatively. Uh, but after getting to sit down and play uh, with with Tony at a table at Worlds this year, I realized, oh my goodness, how in the world have we not been seeing Longlands' plus Street Wave all over in Melee since, oh yeah, it's not restricted there. So I would love to see both of them put on the restricted list because watching him just cycle in and out, in and out of long lances, street wave, to be a dragon, uh, recruitment, to just over and over and over. I miss that combo so much. Oh, it's, it is such a mess. He didn't wind up uh, drawing into incinerates in, in that game somehow. Uh, but if he had, it would have just been so much more depressing. He still won our table. And every it seemed like about every time I looked over at uh, the final table, you know, he looked like he was going to win until uh, right towards the end there. Um, I would just... N- nothing at all against him for playing it since it wasn't restricted, but I would love to see something done about that. Hmm. I can see that. Um, yeah, I missed that combo, so it should probably not exist. Yeah. Uh, that was my uh, TLV deck abusing the living crap out of that. Ooh, yeah, yeah, I can see that. So many cards. Yep, it's like, I have a million cards. God, I remember barely wanting to use Cs because I didn't want to give him the chance to give him back. I think I just used him as influence mostly. Yeah, yeah, because otherwise that's the easy answer. Well, I guess I'll give you the resources because then at least you have to draw something to use it on. Yeah, I'd rather just recur things forever. Yeah, makes me almost wish uh, that we had 2.0 already with uh, with you know that whole reserve on cap on them. Well, if you're using your discard as a resource, then the reserve isn't that threatening. 
Yeah, yeah, depending on how well you can cycle the cards in and out with the resources, yeah, probably still pretty well. In other words, just don't let those two happen together. Yeah, makes sense to me. Alright, and I, I do actually have one ban on my, uh, on my list here. This one, this one's probably gonna also be kinda controversial. For I'm melee? Just, no, no, just, just ban, just in general. Wow, okay. I'm just, I'm just tired of this card, I'm just ready for it to be gone. That's fear of winter. I'm just it's so it's so it's depressing. Fine. It's a fine card. It's balanced. Yeah. I mean, I don't at all believe that FFG would uh but I'm just just tired of it. Just so very tired of fear of winter and the way that it, you know, locks uh the game state for whoever is ahead and generally gives them a further leg up. I mean, yeah, I guess. I like the card, so I don't use it often. I used it in my uh, Gen Con deck for the for the Lanny Power Behind the Throne thing. Yeah, but for sure. I don't I don't think it's great in Siege. Um, I mean, it can be, but it's not my choice. I don't think it's necessary for Baron Knights. It's one of the options, but I don't know if it's the right one. Like, I just don't think it's around enough. I don't think it breaks enough for it to be restricted. And I think there's answers for it. And the answers for it answer a lot of different things, so they're not really... Like, a lot of Fair Winter's threat goes away if uh, you just play a high initiative turn one. You manage to go first, you know? Well, some of it does. You also lose your ability to react to what they may or may not marshal, which could be an issue. Plus, if you throw the Harry the Riverlands on that you were talking about, that pushes the the power of fear of winter up for sure. Uh, no, it doesn't. That weakens fear. Does that weaken fear? I mean, you, Harry is one of those cards that they, I mean, just blow the scene. Yeah, no, because when I'm playing Lannister, I want to pre pre plot Harry as much as humanly possible. Well, yeah, yeah, you want to do restricted. Right. If Harry were restricted, you couldn't play both, which would weaken fear. Well. I see what you're saying. It it does in that particular scenario, but in other scenarios, like any other house playing Fear of Winter, it strengthens it because they're going to face uh, Harry that that much less often. Which I is... never have any great fear of Harry with Fear. All right. It's just I like whenever I've run Fear, it's been a thing that I knew could happen. But like the worst you've done is stall out my Fear. You haven't actually broken anything. Yeah. If you stall it out for that turn, that's about the best you can hope for. Props and slops it is. Well, you know what? I'm going to go out here on a limb. I'm going to say it. Slops to FFG for being so slow with this last chapter pack cycle. Getting getting really tired waiting on it. Oh, I can dig that. I mean, didn't they basically put a hiatus so that, like, people weren't buying things before they knew 2.0 existed? Um, it's possible. Did I they... would like to think that's what it was. Yeah. Like, we've never had quite this long of a wait. I mean, other games certainly have, though. Yeah, but no one cares about Star Wars. No one cares about Star Wars. The game. The game. There's a lot going on in the movie world right now, but the game, Holy yes. One can I... Cares. I can't believe I'm going to do this, but I want to prop the racists for freaking out about the Black Stormtrooper. 
because that shit was incredibly can, like. Can I can I back up and say I didn't notice anybody anywhere freak out about that? I saw an article about people freaking out, but up to that point, and I frequent a lot of geek news sites. I had seen no one freak out about it. I've seen quite a I, few sections that were like balls out crazy and like obviously I'm anti-racism racism is wrong and ridiculously stupid but if you're that fucking crazy and you wear it that proudly holy shit way to be entertainment value I hope you don't breed I hope you don't breed I, yeah I didn't I'm with Will I didn't see I saw more people reacting to people freaking out than I did people actually freaking out <clears throat> yeah so I don't know what that means but most people can tell that that's a pretty goddamn dumb thing to freak out about. Yeah, the, I mean, the the closest thing to uh, criticism that I had actually seen really was uh, comments that uh, seeing him pop up there uh, reminds people of the classic Mel Brooks movie, Spaceballs. Like, that's a bad thing? It is not to me, because Spaceballs was amazing. Well, actually, oh, maybe it is if the new Star Wars movie will actually be like Spaceballs, that might no, be a problem. But No, that that would be amazing. Like, if it's, if, it's <laughs> as, if it's as funny as Spaceballs, I don't care what I was expecting, I'm not going to be mad. You, you guys uh, know Patton Oswalt, right? Yeah, yeah, we hang out uh, once a month. What? That bastard gets so drunk on Tuesdays. <laughs> oh <laughs> my god, he's a riot. You're the worst, but you should look up his uh, Star Wars, like, his time travel where he goes to talk to George Lucas before he makes the prequels. It's pretty fantastic. I'll just check that out. That sounds good. I love him. He's hilarious. He's great. Hilarious. Yep. But yes, I oh. actually did like the trailer, because we're talking about it. We might as well prop. Right. I, will pr- I will prop the the trailer as a whole, and along with all of the memes regarding the new cross-hilt lightsaber. The Swiss um, Army saber was pretty good. I liked it. I liked it. I mean, I was fine with the actual lightsaber, but yes, the 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 uh, the joke Swiss Army saber saber was also awesome. Awesome, man! I can't talk. I mean, they need to sell new toys. They need shit to look different. You have to jazz it up. What I hope it means is that we will get back to kind of the episode four, episode five, where lightsabers were kind of like giant claymores, like these big two handed. Heavy. I mean, if you watch the fight sequences in the first two movies, they're like they're wielding these giant blades, and then they get super flashy and twirly in the prequels in Episode Six. So I'm hoping by having this big ass, like angry Sith lightsaber thing, that we're gonna go back to more of a what feels like two knights duking it out. Hmm. More to the interest. Hound, less Thirio. I can see that. I can take that. So that's my like one nerd thing and FIFA droid. FIFA, or FIFA, sorry, FIFA droid. Yeah, uh, FIFA droid. Was weird. Yeah. I was on one though. I'd put a beer koozie on top of its head. Just have him bring me <laughs> alcohol. I struggle to find another use. So, if we're on the uh, trailer boat, what about uh, Jurassic World? That was okay. Does nothing for me. Really? I dug it. If someone I mean, brought it over, I'd make popcorn and watch it, but... Yeah, exactly. It's I don't feel like I need to go me. out. And... Um, I have a prop. We'll try to shut down the discussion earlier, but I have a new favorite beer. 
band. I'm really conflicted that it is my new favorite beer, but I would say that New Glarus, which is only found in Wisconsin, so all of you up there, I hate you because I have to drive to go get it. It's awful. Or bribe my sister, but um, New Glarus, which is a phenomenal brewery, and I have never had anything there that I didn't love. They have a Belgian red that has, I think you say, a pound of cherries in every bottle. Wow. But this wow. shit is delicious. That can't, that can't be right. It's so good. Huh? And I, I like, I love dark stouts and like real beers. So having a fruit beer kind of makes me feel like I'm doing something wrong, but. Oh, cause you are. It's so mm-hmm. good. Yeah, over a pound of Door County cherries in every bottle. I mean, they're the big, like, one pint, nine ounce, like the big guys, but. So. I like it. I want to prop, like, four video games. Uh, first, Kingdom Hearts, which are games I hate, but Kingdom Hearts 3 might have Star Wars and Marvel characters, and that sounds frickin' fantastic. Oh, that's true! All owned by Disney? You, if, look, if, I don't care what that main character's name, who I hate is, um, you stick a bunch of Marvel characters and a bunch of Star Wars characters, I'm there. I'd play that. Yeah. Um, I want to prop Telltale Games, because their, um, Game of Thrones game is coming out any day now. Yeah, uh, actually, I think it hits, uh, it hit computer today, uh, and I think Xbox tomorrow, so I'm pumped for that. Because I just played, uh, their Tales from the Borderlands, which hit last week, uh, and just played it over the weekend, and had a blast with it, as I do every Telltale game I've played. So, gonna be a ton of that going around, uh, this year, or this month with Thrones. Yeah, the second that's out for PS3, I'll be grabbing it. I don't recall... I feel like PS3 was the very last. I want to say Xbox and both Xboxes and PS4 are both tomorrow, and then PS3 the day after or Friday, something like that. But I don't know. By the the time it's the weekend and I can devote time to playing, it should be out for everything. Yeah, that's basically my plan, too. Uh, I want to prop the Guardians of the Galaxy game for the iPad. Hmm, interesting. What is it's, this Guardians it, of the Galaxy game? It's fairly dumb, but, like, it was free on the Marvel, like, we give you random crap free some days app nonsense. Okay. And, um, you get a bunch of characters, like, you start off with the five Guardians as freebies. I have put zero money into it. You don't have to put any real money into it. And, like, when you hit start, you're just in a room with four Guardians, and you drag them towards things to shoot them. You upgrade their weapons... Like basic, it's a really really basic game, but it's fun, and they've got the, like Beta Ray Bill and the Hulk and stuff in it. Beta Ray so, Bill, wow! I think yeah. you might have just ensured that I never play this game. You don't love Beta Ray Bill? You're wrong. <laughs> I do not. I love space Beta Ray horse Bill. gods of thunder. Yeah, you space, do not appeal. Space horse Thor. Ah, it's great. It's the best Thor run ever, too. So. Oh my goodness! It's incredible. Well, and lastly, because I I haven't propped enough on the show. Sentinel's app has an update, and it's got a... A, it runs a million times more smoothly. But beyond that, it's also got some unlockable characters by... um, Not unlockable characters, unlockable um, alternates of characters, like Young Legacy and a new Tachyon and stuff, by doing special things. Like the same promos that we've already seen in Cardboard, or New New? No, the same promos we've seen in Cardboard, but the Tachyon is New New for the game. Because 
you had to like or be one of the first like that ten thousand people or five thousand people to get the game wow. to get that promo. I mean, so that that Tachyon would have to be insanely good to beat the the newer one we've got in cardboard form. We unfortunately there is no team leader Tachyon. Team leader Tachyon is the one that lets you draw. Right. Um, no, that might be the best card in the game. Oh my goodness! But, yeah, she's crazy. But this one, um, you reveal the bottom two cards of any um of any deck. She basically uses it on herself, but of any deck, and if they have the same trait, or any of the same traits, put them into play, if not, discard them. Huh, so interesting. Yeah, it's fantastic. So, she basically fills up her, uh, fills up her discard pile horribly quickly, because when you play them, they get discarded anyway. Right. So, she's just burst, 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 and dropping out 20 damage by, like, turn 4, it's really great. That does sound pretty solid. I mean, you risk occasionally playing something you don't want to. Like, I played um, the stupid uh, Get Rid of an Ongoing, and I had to toss away one of Legacy's fun ongoings. Like, I tossed away Danger Sense or something. No. Yeah, it, it was annoying. But I, I kind of like that variance a little bit. It's just, you know, it was not against it. But you need to do, like, special things for it. Like, for Legacy, you need to play five bursts in one turn. Not for Legacy, for Attack on. You need to play five bu- bursts in one turn to unlock the other version. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And, you know, like, for Bunker, you need to play all of his modes. I'm totally spoiling the shit out of this, but whatever. And then there's uh others that I probably should stop spoiling now. There's also the promo villains, which no one has figured out how to unlock yet, but they're promo it's, villains. So it's the it's basically It'll happen soon. Yeah, I've been refreshing it. Um, I'm assume- I just really want the promo villains, because it's basically two entirely new battles. Like, change of villain cards means an entirely different play experience. Right. Yeah, uh, I think all the heroes have been spoiled now, but none of the villains have. Hmm. Sounds cool. Yeah, I'm ready. Well, I'm gonna throw out, uh, one more prop here. Um, and that one's gonna be to another game. Uh, gonna be a, um, online card game, actually, that I've been playing a bit of. Um, and that's Infinity Wars. You can go pick it up for free on Steam or probably some other stuff. Uh, just pretty straightforward, uh, attacking and stuff, but actually has, um, animated cards and, and things that I kind of dig. I'm, I'm sure I'll grow bored with it before long, but, uh, it's entertaining to me at the moment while I wait on New Thrones cards. Yeah. I've been building some fun decks with Dave. Dave! Tart hey. decks are fun. Speaking of fun decks and props and stuff, a little bit of props out there to uh, Kyle S., who will be appearing on our show uh, sometime shortly, hopefully uh, in this month, because he won uh, our prize from Red Saturday to uh, come on the show and uh, do a little deck dissection and, and reconstruction. So, How did he win that shit again? Uh, it was a black- raffle. Oh, Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, we were doing it. I just didn't know what our... What the criteria was? Yes. Yeah, uh, props to New York, specifically Dave and Dan, because the prize support at Red Saturday was fucking amazing. It was really cool stuff, like a, like handcrafted uh, boxes. And, uh, Seth drove down from Michigan and brought, like, all those wooden cards he had at Worlds and the wooden tokens and... They were prizes, nice. and they were real amazing playmats and beers, and yeah, all around, just A-plus stuff. Sweet. Yeah, the Thrones community in general, I feel like this whole season really upped the uh, 
the game on swag stuff for sale, stuff you know that you can that like people that you could buy stuff. Just I've never seen a community have this much price support, maybe ever. That's just me. Thrones is stepping its game up. For sure. Hopefully that uh, keeps up through second edition. Oh, I'm sure it will. I got a very good vibe. I'd like to prop the community. I know I wasn't on. I have not finished an episode thanks to my lovely internet in quite some time. But I've been really impressed with how committed to the game the community has been thus far. Um, seen a lot of you know, I was really worried that I was going to lose all my friends to, you know, this rotate, this reboot, and it's really cool to see so many people sticking with it. Yep. I like that. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, does anybody uh, have any other <coughs> props or slops, or are we wrapping it up for the evening? Um. Um. I would like to slop all this stupid going out and shopping on. Thanksgiving things. I mean, just use the internet. It's so cool. You can go to Google, and you can type in Black Friday, and whatever the shit is you want, and it'll show up. And no one had to work. The internet is for porn, sir. Well, yes, but in this one rare instance, you can use it to buy your shit. Hmm. It doesn't even have to be from China. I mean, it can. That's where mine came from, but... I don't know if I buy this. Use use the internets. Don't don't make some poor bastard sit at high V and sell you your cuisine art crock pot for half price. <laughs> On that note, I will prop Target.com and my half price vacuum. Uh, the raging bull can now be retired, and we can actually you know, take care of messes. It's exciting. <laughs> that seems like a uh, really good idea. Yeah. Our old vacuum, the on-off switch didn't work, so when you plugged it in, it went. When you unplugged it, it stopped. And it had one of those, like, it was like the first line that had the, like, the motors to help you. And, but it's real aggressive. So it's either <laughs> jerking itself back on you, or like ripping your arm out of socket as it, like, lurches forward. So you can't stop it, and it just goes. So I call it the raging bull on it. You can't it stop it, you can only hope to contain it. Yep. Oh. I bang into a things, so. It's pretty dangerous vacuuming. <laughs> That's those days are over. That's all I got. Yep, I'm all out. All right, you can reach us through Gmail and some other shit. Have a good one. Make <laughs> <laughs>